<laughs> Yo. <laughs> What's up? It's your girl, DJ Narc. What's going on? It just started raining lightly. It's about 5 a.m. And, uh, well, I've been using up my capacity to articulate how I feel or what I think. Doing all sorts of stuff, which we can talk about later. And I find myself, when it's time to do the podcast, to not be quite as sharp as I would like. As someone who cannot stand listening to anything that doesn't have a point. (laughs) I can be pretty rigorous in how I approach uh, editing and looking at my own work. So, yeah, I've tried to do this a couple of times. I actually made the mistake of naming the last attempt, tell me in your real voice. And then I spent about a half an hour ranting about how Pam was awful. And I thought I was being really smart because I used a Bluetooth speaker, a small one. Which, you know, I'd also been told the London satsang was a better idea than having a phone mic. So, okay. And so I played back, tell me in your real voice. And it was a fucking robot voice. The way the speaker was, like, like mm, pressing my voice, you know, it made me sound like a malfunctioning robot, a short-circuiting robot, actually, which is bizarre to me, because just earlier that same day, I'd had a conversation about how Somebody shot an arrow at my robot and killed it. (laughs) And I guess that little rant about Jim and Pam was my robot's last attempt at being cynical about love. (laughs) Oh, really, Umber? Yeah. What? Um... We have a lot to talk about, so I don't want to waste our time together. And my morning, which you have to know, this is my precious time for myself. Uh, Before the sun comes up, Umber is softer. It's private time. And this feels like the right time to do this. This feels like it has to be more intimate. This feels like saying hello again. I mean, I've missed you guys. And yeah, we have a lot to talk about. I just read that a couple of days ago, more, uh, another person came forward and has testified in relation to the Epstein case. And she was a child, and she was raped by the CEO of Victoria's Secret. And that, you know, (laughs) excuse me, that really gave me pause. Because 
I've always maintained that there's something wildly childlike about those fashion shows. I could never watch them. I don't know why. It just, I always felt like I was watching something that had a very malicious intent. They just all look like they're pretending to be little girls. And this insistence on having the comeback of the prepubescent body, whenever I have noticed um, any company really go for that, I begin to get really freaked out. I don't understand the glorification of women who haven't gone through puberty. I don't understand the sexualization of it. And that's what it always seemed like to me. I mean, yeah, there's a couple of like busty um, Victoria's Secret models. For sure, there are. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the overarching like mood of the thing, the choice of costumes, which is really what they are. The I don't know. There's this very purposefully playful, let's blur the teen, pre-teen, tween lines. And it's just never sat well with me. It's just gross. Um, and I think it's such a cheap, easy way out. I don't know. Like... I don't think lingerie is supposed to be disposable. And that's exactly what Victoria's Secret did. It took something that, you know, one of the the few things that really require hand craftsmanship. Lace has to be made by hand. And turned it into this, uh, yeah, fast fashion. Fast lingerie, fast fashion is, for many, many reasons, just a really bad idea. But especially, like Redley told us, I'm just going to put you down for a second. Excuse me, and drink something. Drink something! Fast fashion is killing the planet. Fast fashion is um, worse for the environment than CO2 because it creates methane. And Victoria's Secret turned one of the few things that couldn't be made quickly or shouldn't be made quickly or really is foundational to a woman's wardrobe and turned it into something um, quite disgusting. Not just the imagery, but also what the imagery did to men and how it shaped how they look at us over the past, I don't know, 25 years, right? Although some of it is just in line with what we are evolutionarily, like what we're doing in terms of sexuality, I get it. But then that whole like pink stuff started. You know what I'm talking about? Ah, (laughs) I just, I don't know. I don't know. My taste level is too high. As soon as I see any kind of like tack, I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't know you. Oh, have we met? Oh my God, I don't even remember. 
Oh, was it like a long time ago? Yo, I will be that person. Like you, I don't even know what happens to me. It's like I can't even help it. I legitimately turn into the the chick from House of Yes. Like I just, I don't know. It's just like my the 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 blood in my veins turns to ice. Like if you want some fuck shit or some creep shit or some tacky shit and you try to like associate yourself with me, I'm like the first person in the world to give you like nothing but ice. Like, oh my God, I don't even remember who you are. We did? We met? When was that? Oh my God, it must have been like a long time ago because I like don't even remember. <laughs> like, bitch, no. <laughs> like the monochrome bitch. I've seen that bitch since then, that monochromatic bitch. I've seen that bitch around and she always be giving me like the nod. Like, I'm going to say, so I don't know you. Like, who are you? Mm, ew. No. Mm-mm. No, no. So as soon as they started doing that pink shit, I was like, this is some tacky shit. The fuck? But like, even before that, the, the, the state of the stores, this awful smelling fruit smelling disgustingly sweet the shit that now they sell at the fucking airports like so gross (laughs) so gross it was all just this like grossness that was like uh oh okay so i'm just gonna like say it because my voice is changing and i can't help it but like My Sag just texted me. It's just like he always texts like the right thing. I don't know why Sages always say the right thing, but it's really scary. <laughs> just so cute. Just so cute. Anyway. Yes, my Sag. Yes, yes. I'm dating someone and he's a Sag and he's like very cute. And <sighs> very smart. And, you know, just this very big energy. <clears throat> so, uh, but like, I like, I like guys who can be that way and then just be really soft. That's, that's my thing. So we can talk about the fountain later. But like currently I feel like I spent a few years at the fountain. So if you're having like trouble staying at the fountain I think I was at the fountain for a good three and a half years and part of that time was just me healing part of me was discovering the fountain to begin with learning how to stay put long enough to even see myself maybe healing maybe I was hiding I don't know but at least I was out in the sun and then I think it took me a little bit longer to not resent being there I mean even though all these great things were happening I still felt somehow shorted you know like I've been here for a while and it's really great and I'm getting a lot done and I'm very happy with it all but like what the fuck and then I think I went through a little bit of wondering if the fountain meant that I should just be alone for the rest of my life And then something interesting happened. I talked to Robert about it. I talked to a couple of people about it. I thought very seriously about becoming a monk. 
it would be in line for what would be asked of me spiritually in terms of culture. You know, like we're from the subcontinent. The North Indian way of life up until a few hundred years ago was to give everything up at 40 when you've fulfilled your obligations and go out and become one with whatever it is that lives out there in the jungle and come back wise and and with the ability to see but also to modulate that seeing so it seemed like a good fit and I think it was also in some ways a way to push the fountain you know with my Aries fire well okay so if I just have to stay here then I'll just stay here forever alone fine but I think really what that did instead of being some sort of ultimatum like I don't know who I think I am I just be I just really be wilding out um like I spend half my time talking to God and I spend the other half of the time apologizing for how like like I should be way more respectful because I just like sometimes I just be chilling I just be talking to God like you know just chilling and then I'd be like can you fucking believe that and I'm like oh my god I'm so sorry like oh what am I doing um but I'm so naive if I thought that like an Aries stellium could push the fountain. I mean, yeah, an Aries can push just about anything. I've seen it. I've grown up with it. I know it. But not the fountain. <laughs> so I figured, okay, if the fountain's not going to move, I'll just crack my head against it. You know, because I got to do something. I can't just, I'm, I'm starting to go nuts a little bit. But I'm so naive because I really think that I, 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 I thought that that's what, you know, prompted some kind of change in my life. And it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't that at all. It was the admission. It was the surrender. Until I contemplated the idea of perhaps being there forever and being okay with it. It was like I wasn't really there. And the moment I was really there and I was okay with it which is just another way of saying I was okay with myself. It was like, oh, hi. I've been at the fountain for a while. (laughs) How are you? (laughs) It's like, oh, my God, you're, like, cute and smart, and, oh, you're a Sag? (laughs) Hey. (laughs) You guys scare the hell out of me. Um... I'm going to put you down and drink something, and I suggest you do the same. Let's do this about every 15 minutes, fam. Oh, sorry. I'm drinking lemonade at 5 in the morning. I I just can't be good. Um, And it's kind of cute because now I like... It's so cute that I'm literally talking about it while thinking about texting him back, but I'm not going to text him back because I'm doing this. But then he'll hear this and be like, oh, so this is why I'm not texting you back. Right, the second. But thank you for last night. Okay, anyway. So, and the night before that, and the night before that, and the night before that. Whatever. 
Okay, okay, focus, focus, focus. Um, very hard to focus. Yes, what were we talking about? Oh, the fucking Victoria's Secret guy. What the fuck, bro? Like, what is that? You guys need to look at it. Go on Twitter. I retweeted some shit. Go look at it. This guy was raping children. And it turns out that this is like the first of many witnesses. And it's about to get really, really ugly. I think they thought that if Epstein died that the rest of this shit wasn't going to move forward. But that's obviously not the case. And as sick as it sounds, that's kind of exciting. Because, you know, I'm just so tired of living in this world. Like this, this dual existence where there's people who know what the fuck is up. And then there are people who are denying, not that they don't know what the fuck is up. It's just they're denying something that's right in front of their face. Right? Like, it's like the climate change thing. Okay, you don't want to believe in climate change? That's fine. No problem. But can you help do something to mitigate the problem of the rising sea levels for countries that are going to disappear in 20 years? Can you do something for the parts of Asia that are going to be devastated by water damage? Like, okay, fine, you don't want to admit this, like, idea, right? You have some, something against this idea. (laughs) Good, fine, no problem. Just like people have this thing with conspiracy. Oh, it's a conspiracy. I don't want to know about that. Well, okay. Well, let's just deal with, you know, let's break it down into pieces. Okay. Climate change isn't real. No problem. I got you. No problem. It's not real. You're right. Rising sea levels are real, and then they're proven. And that's alarming, especially for the people that live there. And since we're a country that loves to help everybody, and we can't see anybody suffer at all, not one bit, without going and bombing the fuck out of them, maybe we should do something. But do we know how to do something if it's not bombing? Have we ever just gone somewhere? See, I grew up under the illusion that our foreign policy was actually sound because I was a teenager during the Clinton years. And Clinton made uh, what happened in Serbia look like, you know, we were the heroes. Which is very interesting, (laughs) considering how that conflict started and who funded it. And who, who, who wanted it. So... Also, uh, the Clintons were at the Tyler Perry opening with Jay-Z and Beyonce. Are we troubled? No, I'm just wondering, as a collective, are we troubled considering the Epstein shit we were just talking about? Mm. Yeah, sure, let's tie it together. That's fine. So on one side, you have uh, these women coming out who were raped as children, Right? And they're saying stuff about CEOs and the Clintons. And it all has to do with Epstein and this island and this service that he ran. And those same people, including the man that's been on his jet, on that jet that takes you to the island with little kids, 26 times? That man was at the opening of a movie studio in Atlanta with some of the most powerful people in the community including a woman who spearheaded an effort to destroy post-mortem any legacy 
that a musician had left. It's astounding, that uh, guest list from the other night. I'm not real sure what the fuck is going on down there, but I got my theories. Anyway, let's continue. So, I did the podcast. I did the Jim and Pam shit. And a half an hour into it, without even knowing that I was recording in a fucking robot voice, it occurred to me, just suddenly, after hearing myself talk for 30 minutes and really just like going off about like how Pam is just like, she's just, I don't know, it's just vacuous. It's like, okay, someone charming and funny and sweet wants someone to just like play off of and like bounce things off of. It's just so uninteresting, you know? And then I realized that Pam is Jim's tree stump. And that's why when he wants to do bigger things, needs to do bigger things, she holds him back. And she makes him feel guilty. And she does all the things that people do when they cannot stand the idea of you shining in a way that they cannot or that your pursuits or your shine or your talent may physically take them away from you. So selfish, huh? Especially in a world filled with technology, how selfish. Every time you see her after he decides to do his own thing and actually apply all that talent and all that charm and all that ambition that he obviously has, Every time you see her after he makes that move, she's just in the throes of panic. She is irritated. She is sad. She is overworked. She's a, All she's doing is raising these two kids, by the way. Like she's not holding down a job. She's not doing anything else at the same time. This woman out here got three kids holding down two jobs and no partner. And you talk to them and they're laughing, smiling. Alhamdulillah, everything is good. How are you? And this fucking bitch on this show has a man that loves her, super, super, super loves her. Like, it's like beyond question. The man adores her. They got two beautiful kids, and the only fucking thing she's got to do, I hate to be this bitch, but, like, the only fucking thing she's got to do is take care of two kids. I feel like the only time kids are difficult to raise is that when you're not strict. Like, you can love them and be strict at the same time. It's just a look. You don't have to raise your voice. You don't have to say anything to them. You just got to look at them. Like, this is going to fly. This is not going to fly. What do you want to do? I'm looking at you like that. Like, I need you to, like, square up about this. I need you to look at me and tell me if this... Like, so, for example, Baba's little sister. I heard uh, just through the grapevine, my son told me that she hit somebody in school. And I just looked at him and I was like, okay. And he was like, did I ever do that? And I was like, listen, you didn't go to school at that age. Not that there's anything. I I was I was left with babysitters at three weeks, so no judgment. But you know, I was like, you didn't go to school. Like you didn't have babysitters. You didn't go to school. You didn't do none of that. Like I raised you myself. But no, you didn't hit nobody. Like you went to the park. You did other shit. Like no, you never hit nobody. Like this is kind of nuts to me. And then I saw her the other day at dinner. And she looked right at me and she hit her dad. And I just looked at her. I didn't say nothing. I just looked at her. And then 
she looked at me and then she hit him again. And I just looked at her. And then, because I just wanted to see, like, how hard can she actually hit? Because I, I had a feeling. I had a feeling that she, she, I could see from the look in her eyes that she likes to hit people. And I was like, oh, okay. Now, of course, I got to sit up and pay attention because my kid lives around her. This shit ain't going to fly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you better fucking not. I don't give a fuck how old you are. I don't give a fuck what you got going on. I don't give a fuck, like, what the vibes are. This is my child. You know what I'm saying? So if you if you want to be around my child, you got to behave. I don't give a fuck how old you are. So she did it again. And she looked at me. And I looked at her in a way that made her bust into tears. I didn't say a fucking word to her. But I didn't have to say anything to her. Like, hey, yo, you, you, like, this about to be a fucking problem. You better fucking not. And it's a, and it's a, it's an ideological problem. I'm not going to like get up and smack you or some shit. I'm not an idiot. It wouldn't even make sense. You wouldn't even know why I didn't. You, you wouldn't even understand what you did wrong. I would just reinforce to you that hitting is the way. You hit someone and I hit you. You'd be like, okay, check, check. <laughs> this is what we do now. You know what I'm saying? That's not the way to handle it. But if I look at you in a way that tells you, that puts like the fear of God in you, you know what I mean? <laughs> like if I put like the fear of the void in you, you're not going to do that shit again because you don't understand why I looked at you that way. But you know what the fucking vibes are. The vibes are don't you ever fucking do that shit again. <laughs> that is not to be fucking tolerated, not for one fucking second. And yo, she got it. That message was like loud and clear. So for me, whenever they show a woman in distress, two kids screaming, crying, oh, they're not listening. Oh, sorry, Jim, I got to go. They're not eating. They're not doing that. Why the fuck are y'all kids acting like animals? Why the fuck are y'all kids not sitting the fuck down and being quiet and doing what the fuck they're told? Like, what, what the fuck? Especially, like, I'm sorry to say it, but especially white parents. Like, why y'all raise your kids to be such a nightmare for you? Y'all don't care about your own fucking luxury, your own fucking sanity. Like, you don't want peace and quiet in your fucking house? You don't want your fucking kids to do what the fuck they're told and shut the fuck up? No, I'm confused. Because guess what? Kids like that. Kids actually like that. They like to know what the fuck they have to do and that they could shut the fuck up and do whatever the fuck they want the rest of the time. They don't like having a million options for how they could feel or what could they could say or what. We were watching Donnie Darko. And there's a scene in Donnie Darko where the mom is trying to, the mom, I love the mom in that movie. She's just, she's so beautiful and she's so, I just like that kind of acting. I really get her. I did, I actually really, really, really like that movie because I also really like the girlfriend and like identified with her immediately upon first seeing that movie. I was like, why am I like this? Um, so we're watching the movie and <laughs> the mom goes into his room and tries to, you know, talk to him. Drink something. And... Um, He's not very responsive and he's got his reasons, you know, he's resentful. They've got him on pills and seeing some whack job like 1982 therapist. It's all very bizarre. 
but it really works for the vibes of the movie. And on her way out, they, they, they don't, you know, find any common ground. They're unable to communicate. And on her way out, uh, as she closes the door, as she closes his door behind her, he says, bitch. And Baba's head just snapped and just turned and looked at me. <laughs> and I was like, <sighs> and he was like, what would you do? And I was like, what would I do? What would I do? <laughs> I wouldn't do anything. Yo, what are you going to do? You you raised someone to 17, 18 already, 16, 17, 18. He's 18, I think, in the movie. You raised someone for 18 years, and you didn't instill in that motherfucker in 18 years that he should never fucking say some shit like that to any woman, let alone his mother. What the fuck are you going to do with a kid who, who you let get away with that shit for 18 years? Now you want to smack him? You want to yell at him? You want to kick him out? The fuck you been doing? You know what I'm saying? The fuck you been doing? I'm not trying to have these arguments with a fucking 17, 18-year-old, but that two-year-old, that two-year-old know what the fuck is up. And if you get told and you get taught at fucking three days old, six months old, a year old, two years old, by the time you're three, four years old, you fucking chilling. You see Asian parents and their kids, those kids be fucking chilling. Because ain't nothing wrong. Chill the fuck out. Shut the fuck up. Look, you want something to eat? Here's some food. Here's some stuff. Here's some toys. Here's some fun. Here's some attention. What do you need? What the fuck is the problem? But every time you fucking talk to Pam, after Jim decides to like do some dope shit, oh my God, the kids, oh my God, I'm so tired. Oh my God, I'm so this. Oh my God, I'm so... Um, so you let your kids run all over you and now you stress because you got kids. But all of this is just so you could be a fucking victim so he could come home and take care of you instead of doing what he should do with his potential. So how do you exactly love him? And how is this like a love story that we tout as being like one of the most romantic in TV or whatever? Oh, Jim and Pam, oh, I just want to find a guy like Jim. A guy like Jim who lets himself manip- be manipulated into like making himself small again because this bitch can't like take care of the kids? Hey, yo, like, that's some bullshit. <laughs> that's some real bullshit. Look how they fucking package and feed us things when really they're so fucking mediocre. That bitch been working that fucking receptionist job for no fucking reason for fucking ever. Couldn't even like for what? Playing one dude against another dude, fucking this dude and fucking this dude. Like, come on, let's just be real. Let's just be real. Let's just be real. What, we can't be real because she's supposed to be like, quote unquote, like an innocent white girl? Stop it. The white women listening, the women of color listening, the, the, uh, the, all the, the, the trans women listening, everybody, the guys listening, the straight guys, the gay guys, everybody. Like, let's just be real. Like, you could basically, if you put anyone else in her scenario, if you put a woman of color in Pam's scenario... She would be completely fetishized and over-sexualized because she'd be fucking and she'd be fucking dudes from the office. Yes or no? That's what they do to Kelly. Kelly stay all over Ryan, right? Daryl and Kelly's relationship, very sexual because she's the 
she's the girl with the brown skin. It's all about fucking with her. But with Pam, even though she be doing some ill shit, she's not just fucking. She's playing them. She's emotionally playing them both. And Michael. And Michael. And her boss. But it's not sexualized at all. It's actually sterilized. And made palatable for you. Because it's how she exerts control. It's the power and the control of it that she likes. He's got to come home and quit that job because when in that situation, in he's out of her control. As long as he's in that office in front of her, she's got him. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's she knows the only way to keep him because they're obviously mismatched. <coughs> I mean, right? Okay, the weather here is getting like hella fucking dry. Ugh. It's like all of a sudden overnight the weather snapped. And I think I talked about this on the live yesterday. Like, fuck, it got so fucking cold overnight. Just like ridiculously cold. Like, ta, bitch. My my son in the car yesterday morning was like, This weather is like, gotcha, bitch. But, you know, then you have to, like, light the fires and turn on the radiators and everything. And it's so fucking dry. Let's smoke something. Yeah. Oh, my God. I missed you guys so much. Did you guys miss me? I'm so annoying, right? Did you miss me? That's my thing. Hey, did you miss me? Hi. (laughs) That's my thing. That's my new thing. The high is my new thing. I don't know. I'm growing. I'm, like, much sweeter, I feel. (laughs) Because he broke my robot. It's really, it's really annoying to not have the robot. The robot's really good at, you know, being at the fountain, but shooting everyone that comes near you. <laughs> oh, it's possible to be at the fountain and still be like taking people's heads off. Absolutely. I think I've definitely spent, drink something. I think, I think I've definitely spent years at the fountain just like shooting people. You know, like, it's fun being here and I'll keep the place safe for everybody else. But like, if you come near me personally, I want to chill, I want to talk, want to hang out. You're going to get these lasers. And uh, I don't know, the robot's got pretty good aim, real good instincts, very well made. And... Just didn't anticipate that Sagittarian kill shot that you guys all seem to have where you get right to the fucking point. Ooh, I like the get right to the fucking point aspect of things. It makes me very uh, comfortable. It's just weird to be around someone's energy that you don't mind like deferring some sense of control. That's really interesting for me because I don't deem men worthy of that kind of thing. And it's because most of them aren't. Like even the Jim and Pam scenario, you're like, yeah, Pam's a fucking parasite, but what the fuck is wrong with Jim? Why are you fucking chasing tree stumps? What the fuck is wrong with you exactly? Like you got everything going for you. There's actually no problem. But you pick like the most banal person you can find and then like wrap your whole life around being in this like fucking dead end town just because she's there doing dead end nothing. 
And wouldn't it be off-putting in general to like go and do something that you thought up with your friends and is doing going really well? And like you got to come home and leave everything because this bitch literally is now trying to fuck the cameraman. Think about that. She didn't like him working. And her, just like with Roy, she didn't like what Roy was doing. And so she started fucking Jim. Yes or no? Yes or no? And in the meantime, she played them against each other. She did. And then when Jim started doing something she didn't like, then she started doing the same thing with Jim. Yes or no? Because she was starting to, you know, talk to, confide in, oh, victim me, oh, Jim treats me like this, oh, what am I going to... And what exactly did Jim do? Jim got mad at her once for not recording something. And she literally cried to a cameraman and made out with him or like kissed him. That person. What's wrong with Jim for wanting to be with that person? You know, it's, it's, of course, it's difficult to relinquish control or, you know, give over a certain level of inhibition, right? To, to gain some level of freedom within a boundary. It's like the shit Nassim Harame talks about, infinity within a bounded space, right? It's difficult to reach that point with a man when so many dudes ain't shit. Because the thing is, even the dudes that ain't shit come to the fountain. They're idiots, but they find their way there. Usually because men can be better at following their bliss. It's just hardwired in them that regardless what else is going on in life, they gotta do their shit. You know what I'm saying? Like Joe Budden life be falling apart, but he's still fucking potting. Just, you know, because you gotta do what you gotta fucking do. Um, and that does lead to men inadvertently not meaning to, but just ending up at the fountain. And then you got to like, you know, and then you got to get them. Shoo, shoo. It's great that you're here, but you're not it. Um, but it's a very interesting experience to be around someone who can handle that and is worthy of that. My feelings are akin to Thor's hammer. (laughs) I'm realizing this. So, I listened to the recording back of me ranting and ranting and ranting and I realized that the robot was dying and it just had, you know, 30 more minutes of battery life and it had something to say about how love doesn't work and everyone's got some fucked up tree stump situation going on and fuck it, you know. Maybe everyone should just be a fucking monk. Fuck it. And then um, it didn't record properly. (laughs) It recorded in a robot voice. I couldn't use it. And I was forced to wait another day and in that day I had the choice to just uh, set something up you know in flames just out of fear or to tell someone that I was in love with them 
I chose to do the second. And then all of a sudden it was really funny that the robot voice and its dying soliloquy was one of uh, love isn't real. No, love is real. Jim and Pam are a toxic couple, but I feel like I am happy to report from the steps of the fountain that the concept is in fact sound and does work and does require an inordinate amount of patience. But like I've often said to you, the I Ching is just a guide on how to build patience. And it has helped me so much in my life because it makes you understand patience in a way that very few teachers could. There's so much philosophy packed into those hexagrams. There's so much wisdom in how to move in your life and why to stay still. Why... um be patient, why be strategic, how to be strategic. How to get what you want, but not because you ask, but not because you don't ask. Not to play games, but to be strategic and direct and honest and open and patient. And if you are able to be patient, And stay in that space of finding your bliss, finding your happiness, finding that thing that you can do that gives you that feeling where time and space just kind of stop for a little bit. If you find that space, you found the fountain. And if you stay in that space, someone will catch your eye. And you know, that part, that person may not be ready. They may be at the fountain, but they just can't see you yet. And in that case, you just grind. <clears throat> Excuse me, you stay where you are. You do what you want. You follow your bliss. And you chase nothing. Not a moment of attention. Not an invite. Not a label. Not a partner, not a job, not an income. Drink something. Of course, you do what you have to. And you work and you play and you save and you buy gold. And you prepare yourself for what looks like a global recession. In the midst of all that, you may find some people that are as smart as you and strong as you. And because they've been at the fountain for a while, you know something else vital about them. They're as patient as you. There is nothing sexy or interesting about an impatient partner. Impatience is abusive. People need time. 
to say the wrong things, time and space to say the wrong things, sometimes to do the wrong things, sometimes to think the wrong things, sometimes just to stumble and be klutzy with their words, with their emotions, with their actions. But if one has a excess of impatience, it's usually there's a resentment behind it. And it's a very negative space to live in with someone. Even if they're just in your head, even if they're just on the phone, even if they're, you know, uh, just your boyfriend and you don't live together and you know, it doesn't matter. Someone who has not mastered the art of waiting for what they want and then valuing when they get it, that is going to spill over into every other part of your lives. You want to stay at the fountain and remain patient and because you are also looking for someone who has the ability to remain at the fountain and be patient. So you do it for yourself, but really also you do it so your vibe will be specific to a certain behavior because that's what you want to attract. And it would be hypocritical and unfair for you to want something that you yourself cannot deliver. So first you have to do it to yourself. You have to do it for yourself. I hate a bitch who's like, I want a guy to get me this and do this for me and do that for me. How are you going to attract a guy that has that kind of money when you're not trying to make that kind of money? I'm just wondering. So, okay, okay, no, I get it. You don't really want him. You just want, like, you just want to catch, right? You want to catch a few dollars. Okay, okay, no, that's fine. Because if you really want somebody, you got to be vibrating on whatever shit they're on. So if you want somebody patient and kind, you have to stay at the fountain and be patient and kind. And yes, that means you don't chase. You don't beg. You don't ask. You know, we can kick it, but I'm never asking twice. (laughs) I'm fucking sorry. Like, you are bugging. If I say that shit more than once or twice, that's it. You should be scared when I stop saying it. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -mm. and so for all of you who are like, oh, I saw this cute girl. I saw this cute guy. I saw this cute person. Really, does that mean I'm at the fountain? Yes, it means you're at the fountain. And yes, of course, you can talk to whoever. But the point of being at the fountain is that you're following your bliss. So whatever answer you get back from them is cool. They like you. Cool. They don't like you. That's cool. We all at the fountain together, chill, like, that's good, all right, cool. When you're cool like that, that's what I meant about, like, I had to get to the point where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to be a monk, I'm cool on all of this, I'm cool, I'm cool. Everybody, everybody's just my friend, I'm cool, I'm cool with everything. That's when the fountain was like, oh, you're cool with everything? Let me bring around a person for you that's cool with everything. See, what the fountain does is it's reading your vibe and giving you the compliment giving you your mirror so you got to be careful right you got to be careful what you come in there wanting to resonate wanting to duplicate wanting to mirror wanting to attract because it's going to come to you in that space for sure 
And look what we've been doing with this Victoria's Secret shit. With this fucking crazy fucking Hollywood, disgusting fucking Hollywood culture. Can we just finally call it what it is? This fucking disgusting Hollywood culture that promotes pedophilia fucking left and right? What the fuck, bro? Like, just look at what we've been trying to attract. Like, they got us out here fucked up. They even turned the most womanly thing, lingerie, the most, like, grown-ass woman thing into, like, some little girl shit to make us look like little girls. The fuck? Like, I'm, I'm freaked. I'm freaked that so much of the shit that I grew up with is now being exposed as being just, like, fodder for pedophiles and if you think i'm exaggerating just go read that thread like these people are monsters so what are we attracting when we get all dolled up like that and that's you know energetically we get all dolled up like little girls what are we attracting what kind of what's that going to give you what kind of compliment is going to come to you what's that mirror going to look like that's a bad man (laughs) (laughs) that's a bad man right that that's what that's what i mean it's the same thing some people are like oh i go to the fountain i've been to the fountain i started making so much more money i you know i feel great i got a new job whatever but i'm always like but look at it look a little deeper look past the money look past this what is it that you got oh i'm just so much happier Because that's what they wanted. They wanted to be happier. The other stuff, the money, everything, it came. If you go to the fountain with this energy that you don't even know yourself, that what you're actually wanting underneath everything, what you actually need is for someone to violate you. You see what I'm saying? You see what kind of compliment can come up from that? You can end up with someone who just violates you constantly. Because your culture is already putting you in a mindset where violating you is what's sexy. And then you find out that some of the purveyors of this culture, some of the people that are high up, high, high up and providing those visuals and providing those narratives, were all fucking kids on the same fucking sicko island with the same sicko fucking people. The fuck? And you know, I do think this has a tie into the Mandela effect. Absolutely, I do think so. The Mandela effect being the theory that when CERN turned on, it created something that was so dense that it fell through the fabric of space-time, therefore rupturing our dimension and throwing us like, you know, batter or something against the wall into the dimension next to ours. And only those that were vibrationally able to survive the passage or survive the fall made it where we are now. But in this reality, things are vastly different from what we remember. And although our memory seems to be adapting and cleansing and purging and adapting day by day and people forget more and more, there are certain things that are tied to visual cues, musical cues that we find it very hard to forget. And those are the different instances that people hold on to and build communities around and uh, 
that that community of people who believe in the Mandela effect or believe that they are not from this dimension because they remember things very, very differently, that number is starting to grow, quite some. And of course, a lot of people have talked about it being the power of suggestion. A lot of people have talked about it being uh, changes in logo names or brands, but it goes much, much deeper than that. So if they did rip a hole into the space-time, the fabric of space-time, I get that we slipped out and stuck against another dimension, but what got in? We got out, but what got in? Is what I wonder. And there have been a lot of really spooky instances at CERN in Geneva surrounding the turning on of the Hadron Collider and everything they're talking about sounds like dimensional beings coming through doorways. So, uh, the Mandela effect is in fact perhaps the indication of something deeply terrifying. But I feel like I should do a whole other episode on that. And I will, I guess, this episode. Ooh, I'm just going to get into my, like, I'm going to get into my bag. Hold on. Let me drink something. (laughs) Let me drink something and use these next five minutes properly. Let me smoke this Sagittarian pen. So smoke something, please. All right. And probably drink something again, please. (laughs) Can you tell I'm nervous? No? Um, Yes. No, yes, 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 yes. Oh, I just, um, I just think it's really nice to be able to report back some good news from something we're all working on together. And I would like to point out for the record that I'm just as shocked as you are. Not that it works, but that that beautiful things still happen. I think that's a lesson that I've been waiting to learn for a few years. And I was hoping that it was on the horizon. But again, like I said, I was also very much resolved and uh, resigned to the idea of not ever having that again. And at the moment where I wasn't sad about that, is to the day when everything really changed. And I don't know what that means for you personally in your life, but I know that we all get to a point where we feel like we can't give anymore and we can't lose anymore and we can't sacrifice anymore and we can't be alone anymore. We just can't do it. And then after that point comes another emotion. It's after that release. It's after that 
submission, that admission, you give up a little. You surrender. And what you are surrendering ultimately is to the energy of the fountain, which if you haven't figured it out by now, is the energy of the cosmos. It is the energy that loves you and it wants to feed you and it wants to give you everything you want and it wants to give it to you in a way that you'll actually enjoy and love and benefit from. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. And... It's beautiful. And I think we need to have that faith right now and moving forward that when we do give up on something, it's not because we don't want it, but it's because we value ourselves enough to not ever place our happiness outside of ourselves anywhere. And I think when you truly get there, the fountain just lights up, bitch. That thing got fucking colors and flushing and it's like the fucking fountain at the fucking Bellagio all of a sudden. Jesus. So, yeah. (laughs) Can we just call it the Sag? Should we just call it like the Sagittarius? I don't know. But I love you guys. And I'm so happy I got to talk to you. And I'll do a whole thing on the Hedron Collider and on Mandela. And I'll do it with my notes. And I promise it'll be soon. And I promise I'll be around more and talk to you more. I've really, really missed you. And, you know, I don't know if anyone's told you lately. But I really do love you. And I'm praying for all of us. And we're all going to be just fine. So if you're sad or you feel bad, just hit me up on Insta. I'll send you a funny voice note that'll have you laughing for days, I promise. But just know that you're not alone, okay? We're all here for you. We're all at the fountain. Just come find us. We'll hang out with you. All right? It's your girl. DJ Nark, I'll see you later.